So I complete my family formals using a method that I have started to call football family formals. Hey there, welcome to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. Do you know that the number one regret for most couples after their wedding is usually their photographs? Tammy will share all the knowledge and expertise she has gained over the years to help you get the very best wedding images from your photographer. The conversations on this podcast are going to help you understand how almost every decision you make for your wedding day directly affects your photographer. Tammy is going to give you the knowledge and awareness you need to create a nearly perfect position for your photographer to be in on your wedding day. And that means better images for you to remember your special milestone. Tammy Blaylock is an internationally awarded, nationally featured wedding photographer and published author. Since 2010, she has excelled in helping each of her couples capture beautiful, emotive images from their big day. Tammy wants your wedding day to be as perfect as you do. So tune in and listen up, because this episode's about to begin. Hello, everyone, and I would love to extend a very warm welcome to you to my little corner of this podcast world. I am so happy that you're here and that you're listening today, giving me a little bit of your time. Thank you so much for tuning in and learning how to set your wedding photographer up for success and learning how to eliminate all of the obstacles and challenges that you might not even know that you could be creating for your wedding photographer. I just want to remind you that if you like the tips in today's episode, there are about a thousand others just like it in my book available on Amazon. Um, The book is called The Complete Guide to Wedding Photography for Couples Getting Married. Why did I publish this book? Because I believe that a photographer's brain power should be used to create beautiful images on your wedding day and not necessarily for solving problems that may or may not relate to photography and problems that could have been solved in advance of your wedding day. So that is the whole purpose of my book and this podcast. This week, my little peanut... My grandson, whose name is Archie, for those of you who don't know, is staying with me this entire week. My oldest daughter, Sierra, and uh, Jean have graciously let him come spend the week with me. So I am getting to enjoy him all week. Right now, he is actually at daycare so that I can get a few things done today. But as soon as I finish recording this episode, I am going to pick him up and we're going to spend the rest of the afternoon doing something fun. I don't know what we'll be doing. Tomorrow, after I pick him up from daycare, we actually have a little field trip planned to go out and visit my friend Mika. She owns the Circle J Ranch, which is a wedding and event venue out in Von Army, Texas. And she has all kinds of things already planned out for us to do. She has some donkeys and some horses and some cows. So it'll be like a little mini zoo trip for Archie. We get to see, I believe she said her 
oldest daughter would be home. Her youngest daughter would be taking swimming lessons. So we get to see at least one of her kids and spend some time out there with Mika tomorrow at the Circle J Ranch. If you are looking for a wedding venue or a event venue for any kind of a party, call Mika from the Circle J Ranch. And also, I just want to remind you that next week, I'm going to be releasing an interview with Stephen Lowe of Light and Low Photography. He will be my second guest on this podcast. He is a wedding photographer out of Columbus, Ohio, and we recorded his episode last week, and I can't wait to post up his episode for everyone to hear everything that he has to share about setting your wedding photographer up for success to make sure that you have the most amazing experience with your wedding photographer. But for now, let's get on with today's episode, how to master your family formal portrait time. For me, this is the most stressful part of the day especially if this family formal portrait time is happening after the ceremony. As a photographer, you feel especially rushed for time during family formal portraits if they're after the ceremony because you have this underlying pressure to get everyone off to cocktail hour as soon as you can. And without a real plan of attack for family formals, things can go terrible in a matter of seconds. So I always like to attack my family formal portrait time with a specific line of attack. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to know who everybody is. And I like to have a list laid out in front of me of what we are going to do as well as have a helper from either side of the family who is designated to kind of get my groups lined up for me and point out who people are. You are also rushed for time when your ceremony is happening in some form of actual religious building like a church or a synagogue or what have you. Because on Saturdays, there is usually a couple lined up to come and have their wedding right as soon as you're done. So you are generally limited on your family formal portrait time if you are having these inside of a, of a religious building. And as a photographer, you are also trying to make these portraits look as good as possible for everyone involved. No one is having their best time of the day during this time, so it's especially hard to get everyone on the same page, everyone paying attention, everyone looking in the same direction, everyone smiling, and again, trying to make these go as soon as possible. So I'm going to give you my plan of attack for mastering your family formal portrait time. So number one, the first thing you need to do is make a list. So weeks in advance of your wedding day, start working with your photographer to make a list of every single group arrangement that you will want taken. Have this list in writing on your wedding day to work from. Work in the order that your photographer arranges the groups and do your best not to let mom or mother-in-law add any arrangements on the day of. 
because working willy-nilly from this list is only going to create more havoc and increase the likelihood for a delay in the timeline and or something on your written list getting overlooked. So for me, it's important to have everything that my couple once taken on that list and not to deviate from that list as much as I can. If there are any strained relationships in the family or any persons who don't even have the ability to stand next to each other in a photo, these weeks leading up to your wedding is the perfect time to let your photographer know about these relationships that have this unwanted tension in them. Now is also a good time to designate that helper I mentioned about. This helper should know everyone and they should be available to help the photographer on your wedding day and be able to point everyone out to the photographer. This will help reduce or completely eliminate the drama on your wedding day. For example, If you want a photo with your mom and your stepmom in one photo, but they happen to be mortal enemies, it's best to have that adult conversation with the two of them before your wedding day by asking them if they can do this for you rather than just springing this on them on the day of your wedding in front of an audience. So again, resolve any issues like this before the wedding day. And if for some reason that they can't be resolved, if in this example, mom and mom-in-law just refuse to be in a picture together, then you just have no choice but to not put this photo request on your list. Just skip it, move on, and know that... These two people were not adult enough to do this one thing for you on your wedding day. Number two, after you've made your list of all of the groups of people that you want photographed on your wedding day, you need to pick a time that your family formals are going to happen. And this is usually done either before the ceremony or after the ceremony. If you are having an outdoor ceremony, you want to keep the sunset time in mind. Outdoor group shots using off-camera flash will probably not be the best option after dark. So you want to try to have these while there's still lots of natural light outdoors. And besides, you want to save that golden hour for you and your brand new spouse. For best results in determining how long these family formals are going to take, I always educate my couples to plan for at least three minutes for each group pose. So 10 groups would take 30 minutes, 20 groups would take an hour. This is usually overkill. This is usually, you know, a little bit too much padding, but having this much allowance You will always get to your next wedding day timeline event on time. This also gives your photographer enough time to pose everyone, check all the gentlemen for straight ties, make sure that no one has cell phones in their front pockets if they're on the front line, 
check for windblown hair or, you know, wait for the wind to die down. Um, if there are especially strong gusts of wind happening on your wedding day to check females or I guess actually males too for ponytail holders on the wrists or to get grandma in position in her, her wheelchair. You know, if there are people in your family with mobility issues, three minutes for each group pose is a fantastic rule of thumb. And lastly, if you decide to have these prior to your ceremony, know that you and your partner um, have to see each other before the ceremony. You can't do these without you and your partner seeing each other. If you do decide to do this, take full advantage of this opportunity and have that first look prior to your family formals. Hey guys, if you are loving the tips I'm sharing on this episode, please share a screenshot to your Instagram story and tag either complete wedding ed or add a girl photo. And just a quick reminder, my book is available on Amazon and it's prime eligible. All right, let's resume. Also, everyone who is going to be involved in your family formals must be dressed and arrive to your ceremony site up to two hours prior to the ceremony if you're going to do your family formals before your wedding ceremony time. So when this happens, I like to always keep an hour between the end of the family formals and the beginning of the ceremony start time because you will always have a few anxious guests arriving about an hour early. So if it's important to you that no one see you in your gown, if that's what you're wearing on your wedding day, allow for this hour between portrait time and ceremony time where nothing is happening and no guests who are overzealous and arriving early are going to see anyone in their wedding day attire that they aren't supposed to. Also, if you're doing this after your ceremony, here's a big tip. Designate a staging area for everyone to meet at. You know, this could be in the children's room at the back of the church or on the side of a building at your venue. Just make sure it's somewhere out of the sight of the rest of your guests. Because if you merely just stand around waiting for everyone to leave who isn't taking family formals, if you're just waiting at the back of the aisle, everyone will stop to talk to you and congratulate you. This will cause more timeline delays. So after the recession, get out of the side of everyone so that they can be directed straight to the cocktail hour. All right, tip number three, notify the people. It's important that everyone who will be included in your family formals are notified that they are included. Otherwise, people just may assume that they are not wanted in these family formals and then precious time is wasting having to track them down on your wedding day. So it's best to notify them before the actual wedding day and then remind them again the night before. You can make an announcement at your rehearsal dinner and then again right after your ceremony. You can have your officiant actually announce Hey, if you have been invited to participate in the family formals, just a quick reminder that you are meeting here, wherever the staging area is, immediately after the ceremony. 
All right, tip number four, how it's done. So there has to be a specific method to accomplishing these family formals. Otherwise, it can go off in a bad direction very quickly. So I complete my family formals using a method that I have started to call football family formals. And they actually have nothing to do with football except for the fact that when you make your compiled list on a written sheet of paper, the shape of the text usually resembles the shape of one half of a football. Groups go from small to big and then back down to small again. So typically, we start with all of the photos of the bride's family or partner number one's family. In the case of a same-sex marriage and you are trying to follow quote-unquote traditional rules or standards, you should start with whosoever parent paid for the reception, if that's the way it was, or whoever just wants to go first or whoever wants to get to the reception first to greet guests. So as I said, traditionally, it was the bride's family because her parents paid for the reception while the groom's parents paid for the rehearsal dinner. So we always started with the bride's side of the family so that her parents could be excused first and get to the reception or the cocktail hour sooner to greet guests while the groom's family stayed back to complete the family formal portraits. But 22 common groups of family formal portraits might look something like this. Partners one and two poses with the flower girl and the ring bearer. And then partners one and two pose with the officiant. So we start with the kids because they may or may not be immediate family and kids are cranky. So we start with those two to get those off soon. Secondly, we get the officiant out of the way. He may or may not, she may or may not have something else, you know, another couple to tend to. So we get those two shots fired off quickly just to keep everybody happy. All right, and then we actually start off with partner number one side of the family. So that would look something like this. Partner number one with mom and dad. Then we'll add in for the rest of the shots, it will be partner number one and two. So the complete couple with mom and dad. Then we're gonna add on partner number one siblings. So it would be partner numbers one and two, mom, dad, and siblings. Then we're going to add on the siblings' spouses and their kids. So we'll have a big group of partner number one and two, mom, dad, siblings, spouses, and kids. To that group, we're going to add on grandparents. Then we're going to strip everything away because grandparents are older and usually tend to have less mobility. We're going to strip it back down to partners one and two plus grandparents. Then we're going to bring everybody back in. And this will include aunts, uncles, cousins, whoever else partner number one included in their entire family photo. So it would be partners number one and two plus partners number one entire family. Then we're going to add partner number two's entire family to this image. 
So it's going to be the couple and everyone's family. And then if there's any special guests, we will add that on for a second gigantic shot. Okay, now that we have finished those two gigantic shots, we're going to dismiss partner number one's family off to the cocktail hour. Unless there is somebody from partner number one's family who is in the wedding party. If they are in the wedding party, they stay back. And then we will begin with partner number two's side of the family. So from here, we're going to start with our biggest group and work back down to our smallest group. So this would be the couple plus number two's entire family, partner number two's entire family. This would be the couple plus their grandparents. Then we would start over. Remember, grandparents usually tend to have some type of mobility issue, even if they're just a little bit slower. So then we keep grandparents in place and we add in mom, dad, siblings, spouses, and kids. Then we remove grandparents from that group shot. Then we remove the siblings, spouses, and children. So now we have a group that is just the couple, mom, dad, and siblings. Then we remove the siblings and we have the couple, mom and dad. And then we remove partner number one and we're back down to partner number two, mom and dad. And at that time, you would dismiss the second family to cocktail hour again, unless anyone from the second family is also in the wedding party. They would stay back for those wedding party photos. All right, tip number five. Do not let anyone else take pictures during the family formals. When there are other cameras beside the photographer, behind the photographer, it's very distracting. It turns into a bit like herding cats. People will inevitably look at the wrong camera. So if you are going to allow other people to take pictures of these group photos, or if your photographer is willing to allow other people to take photos of these group poses, what you can do is ask your photographer to allow the guests an opportunity to take their photos separately. So in other words, get the group together, get everyone posed. The photographer takes two or three photos of that setup and then say, okay, whoever wants a photo of this has five seconds. Give them five seconds to take their pictures and then move on to the next group and do that for all of the groups. Yes, it's going to slow you down, but that is really the only thing that can be done to avoid people looking at the wrong camera. And then lastly, tip number six, remember that the family formal portraits don't have to be all that formal. You can cut a little loose and have some fun during, during these. And lastly, I just want to recap the biggest, most important tips from this episode. Number one, compile your list of groups before your wedding day. Let everyone know who will be needed, when and where these, are, these family formals are going to take place, and designate that staging area to go to immediately after the ceremony if that's when they're happening. You can also have the ceremony officiant remind all those who are needed for the family formals to proceed wherever that staging area is right after the ceremony. Work from your written copy. 
designate someone who knows everyone as a people wrangler. You can use the baseball lineup method. So we have this group at bat, this group is in the hole, and this group is on deck. So we have mom and dad at bat, siblings, you're next, your spouses and children are on deck. So that way you have, you're photographing one group, you have one group, or two groups ready. Don't add to the list as your photographer is working. Don't let anyone add to that list as your photographer is working. It's just going to cause confusion. And know that anything you have to skip over because someone is gone, in the bathroom, getting a drink, hasn't arrived yet, all of that has a less likely chance of happening They probably won't get photographed. Once everyone has made it to the reception, it is hard to take these family formal shots. People start to eat. They drip food on their clothing. They start to get a little bit of alcohol in them. Um, It's just has anything you skip over during this designated family formal portrait time. Just really the chances of it happening just diminishes a lot. And that's it, guys. I know that I have listeners from all over the world, but I would love to know who you are. I would love for you to share a screenshot of wherever you're listening to your Instagram stories and tag either Complete Wedding Ed or Add a Girl Photo. If you want to know more about my book, this podcast, or my wedding photography, you can log on to Complete Wedding Ed or Add a Girl Photo. All the links to all my things are in the show notes. I'll also have a download for you of a interactive PDF in the show notes. So if you want a copy of that, log on to the show notes and I'll explain how to get that. And lastly, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have an exciting day. I will catch you next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time and we hope that you learned something to make your wedding photographs better and your wedding day less stressful. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others just like you can set their wedding photographer up for success. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you again during the next episode.